Hey, hey! There you are! You? You sexy thing. Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, and today's guest is a unique woman. She is Farinaz Lari, a Muslim, Iranian, female, kickboxing world champion, right? How many of those kind of people do you know? Not many. That's the answer. And she is fascinating and ferocious, and her stories are outrageous. She, uh, <laughs> she tells some tales in this one and is so inspiring and such a badass, not just in the ring, but out of it in terms of how she chased her dreams, how she overcame so many obstacles, how she met the president of a country and begged him for a favor. It's a wildly inspiring life that she's created. And uh, I just loved listening to her talk. And I think you will too. Most of this podcast, I'm just sitting there like with my jaw open thinking, whoa, or holy moly, or gosh, I hope she doesn't stop talking. Yeah, Farinaz was generous enough to let me into the gym that she runs with her husband, Ali, in Vancouver. And uh, I got introduced to her through my girlfriend, Kendra. So if you're in Vancouver, you need to go and see them at District Warrior because I have been told by reputable sources that they will kick your ass and get you into shape. (laughs) So yeah, there's that. Anyway, enjoy this episode, sit back, make some popcorn, and prepare to be dazzled by the life of Farinaz Lari. Is watching my, you know, sister is here. All these things are, all these people are depending on me. And then once you get in there, it's not doesn't matter anymore. Then you're good. Yeah, you just do what you do. Which is kick, kick ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, so I don't want to mispronounce your name again. Farinas Lari? Farinas Lari. Farinas Lari. Yes, perfect. Farinas Lari, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you. So we're going to jam just about all things you. And so for, I mean, obviously, (laughs) you're the the guest. (laughs) But so for people who don't understand or sorry I just got distracted behind you there's a photo of a man being punched in the face Mm -hmm. so the one who is punching him in the face is my husband Ali and trainer okay and the guy being punched in the face is a poor guy that he yeah okay so that's your husband punching that man in the face yeah so uh, our clients always joke and say because of this photo we will never get any Asian client coming (laughs) into the door (laughs) because the man being punched is is Asian Asian. yeah yeah but but they are so nice they always come yeah, agents. regardless. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's yeah, sorry, I was just like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, so we're in a kickboxing gym. Yes. There's punching bags all around us. Uh, so for those listening, like, who are you? What's your deal? What are you passionate about? Like, who are, who is Farinaz? Okay, wow. There's, those are a lot of questions. Okay, so just maybe just say whatever you want to say, <laughs> really. <laughs> Okay, um, I am a world kickboxing champion. Um, what is very significant about um, me personally is bec- I am the first 
man or woman Iranian person who've ever won the world championships. Um, so that's why um, cool. all this, I get all this media attention because I was the first ever. There are many more now, n no other women yet from Iran, but other men. Um, and then I'm a fighter, trainer, and group class instructor. I own my own studio in Vancouver with my husband. And that's pretty much all we do. We train people and we train. Yeah. And your studio is called District Warrior. Yeah. How did that name come about? Um, which is a funny story because when we were looking to open District Warrior, we were at a, another gym. We were underneath another gym called uh, Revamp Fitness. So we weren't on our own yet. Um, and then when we were coming about opening a studio, it, it was a time that I just won the world championships and there was a lot of media attention. There, there was photos of me everywhere. I did a couple of advertisements. I was behind the back of the buses. Um, so in Vancouver? In Vancouver. Right. So I was everywhere. Yeah. So my husband was like, you are on everything. I got to get something. So I was like, okay, you pick the name of the gym. <laughs> <laughs> that was the compromise? Yeah, yeah. So he picked District Warrior and we went with it. Okay. Okay, so you are the first ever in the world to do a thing. Well, not in the world because there's other, obviously, uh, world championships happening and okay. all these other females are winning. Right. It's just I am the first Iranian woman. Right. And what is, um, why is uh, being an Iranian woman in a world championship significant is because uh, women in Iran have to wear hijab when they compete. Um, actually, before me, um, women in Iran weren't even allowed to compete in kickboxing because, um, let's say, the government has its presidents and the parliament, but, but there's also an area that focuses only on religious behaviors. For example, as a representative of a country, you have to have a certain attire. You have to look a certain way because the country is an Islamic republic. So, for example, Iranian gymnasts, the females, can never compete outside of the country unless they're competing in a... Um, like Muslim games, where it's just women. Even in Iran, when you do a national championships, you do a, a provincial championship, um, all of the, the referee, the judges, the ambulance people, everybody in that stadium is a woman. So you, you will never get a male entering the stadium because otherwise everybody has to cover up. Okay. So for a woman to go and compete, you would have to have because I don't know if you've seen in kickboxing, you wear shorts and uh, the girls wear a sports bra. So for an Iranian woman to compete in that sport, that, that's the attire. You have to wear tights underneath and then wear the short on top. Sport bra is absolutely unacceptable. You wear a long sleeve shirt and then on top you wear a loose top. And then on top of that, you wear a veil because your hair cannot be shown. And then on top of that, you wear um, the gear, for example, gloves and the uh, headgear head and shin and guards. Right. I, I have so many questions. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So that's why it was so special because I was the ugliest person in Brazil in world championships because everybody was showing me with fingers because nobody else looks like that. And then also... Because you were so covered up with yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to handshake with men or if anybody wanted to come take a photo, I wasn't allowed to. Um, mm. And then, I, I, obviously, I was the underdog because of all the stuff yeah. I'm wearing. Yeah. You're just this Iranian woman who nobody knows. Yeah. Who looks different than everybody else. Yeah. And 
And is that the tournament you won? Um, I won a bunch of tournaments leading wow. up to the World Championships with that attire. Yeah. Um, but the first time I uh, got a chance to compete internationally was in Vietnam, which is super humid and hot, and yeah. uh, it was in the middle of summer. Uh, it was Asian Indoor Games. Um, so that was the first time Iran's Olympic Committee allowed women to compete internationally in a combat sport. But even, even going to that event, leading up to it, it was difficult because one day they'd say yes, the other day, um, you know, somebody just didn't like how you look like. Even close to the fight, they almost changed their minds. So I had to go and beg and, yeah, so it wasn't easy to get to that world championships. When I'm talking about it now, it's like, yeah, I went to Brazil and I fought and, you know. But just doing all the work in order to get um, mm. to that point, now I'm proud of it because um, after that event, all these other female fighters from Iran got a chance to go and compete and you know showcase their skills around the world, mm. which is amazing. So you were like the trailblazer, I guess, right? Yeah. And like you fought the fights so that they didn't have to, I suppose, years later. Absolutely, yeah. right. I don't think any other female in the sports history of Iran had to go to a president's hotel room and cry so they would let them fight. The president of Iran? Iran at the time was Ahmadinejad. They asked me, they came and picked me up in the middle of the night and asked me to go and beg him to let me fight. Hang on. So this is the president of the entire country. Yeah. He was, because Asian Indoor Games is a very important event. There are world championships, there are Asian championships, but there are certain events are held by the Olympic Committee, International Olympic Committee. Right. Um, for example, the Olympics, Summer Olympics, Winter Olympics, Asian Indoor Games, um, World Games, World Combat Games. There are these events that um, have a different class if you... They're like the big ones. Yeah. And then there are sponsors, there's Worlds Watching. There, it's, it's big because anything that has the Olympic behind it, there's more uh, mm. media, there's more money. There's, it's, it's like you're representing your country in a bigger stage. So if right. you know a... So that's professional the one, like, athlete, that's, that's what they want to do. Yeah, yeah you want to be there. Yeah, definitely. Right? The way I just imagined it in my brain was like with tennis, there's lots of tennis tournaments, right? But then there's like the majors, there's yes. like Wimbledon and the Australian definitely. Open and the French Open, right? Yes. Is that similar? Yes. Sim similar. So with those, like, that's professional. Right. With this, the, anything regarding Olympics is right. a, it's called amateur because you're still representing your country, mm -hmm. where in the professional leagues, you're representing yourself. Right. Okay, so you you have this big tournament coming up that's associated with the Olympics, mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out if you can go. And you really want to go, and you said that th they called me and picked you up at midnight yeah. or something. So what they happen is Who, so who's they? Uh huh. Good question. Um, so what they do is uh, the federation of the comp uh, the country. Uh, starts with the uh, provincial championships, then they start with the national championships. And then the winners of that national championships, the winners, I mean the first place and the second place, will get to the uh, national training camp. And they train within this uh, eight yeah. to 10 weeks. And they spar, they train, they fight. And then finally, one of them, depending on um, the weight divisions that are required for that event, mm. get picked. Um, to go to that international event. They get picked by the federation? They get picked by the federation. Either it's the yeah. coach or okay. uh, the management of the team. Um, and is there 
a lot of women doing this or are you like in one Iran, of the only ones? No, no, no. In Iran, there's plenty of women doing okay. this. It, it was just that there was never a chance for them to compete outside of the country. Ah, uh, I see. Due to restrictions. Right. And so you're going through this system. So there were multiple times that we would go into the camp and get ready. And then the last second, they would take the men and not the women. Oh. Because they just didn't like the women or they didn't want to invest in the women. How did that feel? Um, at the time, because that was where I lived and that was what I was used to all the time. Normal? It felt normal. And then, was there like a deeper part of you that was just like, Always. Like I would that. say, so people always say, what drove you to kickboxing? Did you have a very hard life growing up? <laughs> because they always imagine like, you know, your dad beat you and then now you want to beat other people. Mm. Well, I had a great life. Um, my parents are lovely people and yeah. um, I think the fact that I kept wanting to win and compete was because we were so restricted um, mm. and every time uh, we kept getting pushed back into the corner so um, you were like channeling that yeah yeah um, that what, what's the word channeling that disappointment or that For annoyance sure. frustration, frustration. yeah yeah into your profession your passion yeah right um, so that, uh, let's say, after many, many times that they would want to send us internationally and the women wouldn't get a chance to go, mm. this uh, Asian indoor games came along. Yeah. Um, and then everything was set when you, when you are traveling for, for the Olympics um, or an Olympic-related event. They even bring your suitcase and your um, like toothbrush. Take and, care of you. Yeah, so it's, it's classier. Your attire is different. Right. So everything like that was said, they even like give you a little pocket money. So, you know, in, in the eyes of your family, for a person who's never competed mm. internationally, it's like you've made it, you know? It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And then you get that honor and prestige. Definitely. Recognition. Definitely. Mm. Um, so the news, you're shown on the news, everybody knows that you're going. Yeah. So, uh, they don't know that before I, they would, you know, one day they take me uh, to, so that the um, head of the federation could see the attire if they approve, if they not approve, mm. then go and like add three inches to your shorts, come back, see it again. So it was all back and forth for an athlete whose job is just eat, sleep and train. Right. A woman actually has to worry about all these things and on top of that worry about her performance and worry about not like, being sent. It's to like an the, added yeah. burden, Definitely. so to speak. So anyways, they, if I was finally sent, but then... But, but hang on, so you said they called you to mm -hmm. go and... So in them. Vietnam, yeah. um, for a sport like kickboxing, you weigh in first, and then they, even though they know what you uh, tell in advance what weight division you're about to attend, right. they, you, they weigh you uh, once to put you in the table, and they, they weigh you uh, in the morning before the competition. So after the first weigh-in, I got... A, a, a call that they said oh actually president changed his mind about the women you won't be able to compete tomorrow and you're in Vietnam in Vietnam point. in the hotel You've already weighed in all the you know I'm with my new luggage so everything like, we've done it yeah yeah um so, so how, how did you receive that information it's so funny because when you're there and you're so set even though you're so nervous and you can't even sleep um I said what what I what can I do to change his mind because I was there and I've put everything yeah. in and I've had so many other so the disappointing pr the experiences. the president of the country. Yeah. So your immediate reaction is like, how do I change the president's yeah, mind? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they said, okay, so uh, he's here for, the, because there is um, the athletes and then there is like the para-athletes that also compete in that same uh, like tournament. Mm. Um, 
So he's there for those guys. So he's, he's actually here. In the country yeah. at the event. Yeah, so he's having a dinner at 10 p.m. and then he's going to his room. We Maybe we could catch him at like 10.45. While he's walking wait. to his yeah. room? Okay. Yeah. So they come, the um, um, management of the team takes me to the hotel, we wait, he comes, I'm like, please, So you see the president walk yeah, by and you're like, this yeah. is my chance. Yeah. And you walk up and you start crying. Well, we walk and then they're like, you cry now. Your people said, now is the cry. time to start yeah, crying. Yeah, cry. And then as, as a person who, because in our sport, it's pretty intense. Like yeah, you, told, yeah. you do everything they tell you. Right. Um, so you, I just cried. So you could just be like, yeah. turn it on. It's just in that moment when you're so close. Yeah. You know, everything. so emotional as well. So you start crying. Yeah, and, and he said, um, well, he didn't wait. He left. Uh, but he had his uh, vice president. He, he waited. And he said, oh, what, why are you crying, my dear, blah, blah. Um, and I said, oh, I've came all this way. I made the wait. And... Um, I want to compete. I want to represent my country. Um, mm. I promise I'll win gold. And oh, then shit. he said, "Okay, <laughs> do what is necessary for my daughter." And that's how they speak. Yeah, like you're the daughter. So he gave it his. He blessing. gave his blessing. Like she's, so the next she's day, in. yeah. So the next day, I went to the event. I won the first fight, and then he came for my final fight. The, the vice, vice president. president. Yeah. In the final. In the final. And then he asked me to sit with him for a little bit and ask how I'm feeling and if it's too hot and if there's anything he can do to... Um, because later I realized that, that when they are outside of the country, they're constantly worried about negative media. Mm. So right. that team management was so smart because yes. he picked a public spot mm -hmm. for, for them to... Basically, he tried to expose them. And because they're politicians, they, they don't want any negative attention. Yeah, and on the other it. side of that, it's a really, if you win the gold medal, it's a huge opportunity. For the for country, but the they country. don't understand that. Right. With men, they do. For women, not so much. They just That's don't right. want the women to be on top for some reason. And so his fear was he didn't want anything to happen to you or for you to embarrass him. Or yeah, or, you know, or the hijab just, falls off and right. suddenly everybody sees a woman, a, a Iranian woman's hair or right. then, um, you know, all these things regarding that if it's not appropriate for women to look like that mm -hmm. or it's not appropriate for women to be in the ring the, they're still in that mindset Space. yeah because it's so new for them right yeah you were like one of the very first first to ever do international events and then i'm assuming they've never seen women in a national event because the men and the women are separated right of course so they don't even they didn't even know how i would look like right and so you, did you win that fight? I won a silver. So I lost the, the final. Okay. But I think that was the most devastating moment of my life because I promised the vice, vice president. Yeah. And I felt like I failed the women because then mm. I thought now that I didn't win gold, they're not going to let anybody compete. Right. So it was so crushing. If you see my medal photos, it's like I'm this like gigantic balloon because I cried so much. My eyes are not even opening. It was I so was it's red. not from the fight that your eyes were no, shut? No, no. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, at the fight also, I got a lot of beating. But it wasn't like, I didn't get knocked out. Not, I just lost yeah. five points. Yeah. Um, and so how, so what happened after the fight? You get silver, you cry, you get your medal. Do you go back and talk to the vice president? No, I never got a chance to see him ever again. Uh, but then I went back to the country and then they uh, awarded all the medal uh, athletes. 
And then uh, soon after that, all these other women were uh, being sent off to compete. Yeah. Yeah. And did they come and talk to you about that or recognize you for the, that? The or women, oh, the they women? know me. Yeah. They, even still, um, I get like positive feedback. It's and like all the women are like, yeah, we know. Yeah. We yeah. Know for sure. Yeah. She blazed the trail. Yeah. And um, but they didn't sort of the government or the federation didn't recognize you after that. Acknowledge experience. it. No. Yeah. And I always thought it's because it wasn't gold. Uh, it was later when I won the world championships, I, I realized that it's just because I'm a woman. They don't like all that attention towards a female. So at the time, you were like, I lost. They're kind of ignoring me, yeah. and, and I embarrass them or shame them. Yeah. But Have you ever noticed um, when people are on the podium, the third yeah. place is like so happy, so happy, and the first place is obviously like over the moon, and yeah. the Second silver place. is like pissed off like the worst so feeling close. yeah uh -huh. so the silver person is the unhappiest person on the planet no matter what yeah. you say yeah nothing is gonna make her feel better right so that was me at the time yeah it was later years that I was like okay they're sending more women and I did even then I didn't know it's because they sent one and it was a successful thing I always thought it's a failure Mm. And then that made me feel like I have to prove myself even more. And hence why when I got to the world, I was even more motivated to win gold. Did because you just like train harder, be more strict? Definitely. Like, and I was mindset. here. So I was lucky that I was um, at a place that I could train with men also. And I you could, were in Vancouver. I was in okay. Vancouver at the time. So most of my training camp was in Vancouver. I, I would go training with a BC boxing team. And I could actually evolve all the... Uh, things that I didn't have back home. Right. So when I got there, I so was you're like, ready. You're pissed off. You're like, you're training with better people. And then I researched all my opponents. I knew who yeah, you every were like person on a was. Yeah. Yeah. And then you and nobody knew who I was. So that was good. That's even better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you show up like the quiet one that no one's paying attention to, yeah. and you just start like I, I, heads. I would actually feel that my opponents would feel sorry for me when I was entering the ring. I could tell, you know. Now with so right. much experience, when I enter, it's so funny. I never say this to anybody because it seems like I am um, obnoxious. But sometimes you feel it's just a vibe. For example, I go into the ring, to the ring even training. I understand that the person in front of me respects me. They, they know that I have the advantage of experience. Yeah. So I have that confidence over them. You um, can feel it yeah. energetically. Or if, if I always say maybe it's because uh, when you are getting ready to fight, your senses become so heightened. You, when somebody's sad next to you, it's almost like you want to cry. Um, ah. When it gets so close to the uh, fights, for example, everybody's hungry and painful and everything's like achy. Um, when somebody says, you know, I didn't have a good day yesterday and then everybody's like, ah, because you kind of <laughs> like get each other's... Superhuman organism. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like you, your senses are, are so heightened. So when I get, got into the ring, I could sense that my second... Uh, uh, opponent was from Turkey. I could sense that she was. She felt sorry for me. Like pitied you. Yeah. Like almost like. Oh, oh this I'm gonna little, destroy yeah, you. Yeah. And I, I don't want to destroy you. Yeah. So they're like a little cocky. Yeah. And so I imagine. I mean, admittedly, I've not been in fights. <laughs> well, I've been in two fights in one night, and that's a different story. Oh no. It's like not if not in a ring, but um, <clears throat> that was a drunken thing, long ago. <laughs> 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 but so you get in there and and do you kind of you feel that vibe of like 
yeah. oh, you think you're going to take me? Like, does that just give you yeah. even more fuel? Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Or I felt like, okay, they don't Disrespect. know what I have. You know, they don't know who I like, am. I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah. So that was definitely a good motivation for me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then you go through and you win that tournament. Yeah. So I had three fights. And then um, Russia is the most elite uh, athletes in my sport. When you are against Russia, it's like you're doomed because they're mostly good. Their team is always complete. They do so much funding for their athletes. And I don't know if you know, now they're banned from all sport, international sports events. Have you seen that documentary, Icarus? No. It's about um, cycling. This guy's like doing cycling and he he gets the guy, this is a tangent, but whatever. Um, Lance Armstrong right the doping and the yeah. cheating and everything so this dude hires lance armstrong's people and he's like i want you to dope me i want to see if i can become like a gnarly bike guy wow. and i want and like give me the drugs like let's do it and then like halfway through the documentary he connects with the guy who's like the russian doping guy and then it turns into this big international scandal oh because it was when all of this like exploded and the russians were being investigated for the Olympics and cheating and all these things. It's a really fun documentary. I have to watch it. You gotta check it out. It's so good. Um, But so, okay, that's to say the Russians take their competitive sports very seriously. Seriously, absolutely. And the the women are like, this is the top top of the top. Yeah, so my first opponent was Russian. Okay, the first one. The first opponent so I like, got oh, was, was yeah, yeah. That's exactly how, <laughs> like that's not what I said because I was just so zoned. Yeah. But when I, I they saw the table, they were like, oh, finals with, is with Russia. Oh shit, yeah. because it's like you're out first round. And right. then in kickboxing, you, you, if you lose the first one, you're out. You go home. Yeah. You, so no, all no, of it. Yeah. Is it's just like, one fight, one fight, one fight. You okay. go up. Um, yeah. So that was, I would say that was my best fight because. In kickboxing, you can see the scorecard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know in boxing if you know you see ten nine, ten nine. But with kickboxing, you not only see ten nine, but you see all the little scores that all the the, um, judges. the judges scored. So every time you score with impact, the a judge presses a button, and you can at the end you can see how many scores you got. Yeah. And mine was almost like quadruple what she did. It, I, people took a photo of that screen because. I was just like a machine gun. Yeah, I was just like, I have to kill this Russian girl. (laughs) And I don't care about winning. (laughs) (laughs) Whose accent is that? Russian. I was trying. Okay, you're being Russian. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) So you were like, I gotta gotta take her out. I gotta destroy this shit or else I go home. Yeah, exactly. And you'd fought so long to be there. Exactly. It's not an option. Exactly, and then because of all the losses, I was I was like, no, now it's my chance to oh, like yeah, prove that I can get silver. Yeah, so, um, you, so you beat the hell out of the Russians. Yeah, Russians, and then I got Turkey, and then finally I got Serbia, um, and then I won. But then yeah. that was when I won. When I looked at the head of the federation, and I saw him so disappointed and angry. That was the first thing I saw. And the second was Ali, my husband. He was trying to walk up the stairs of the ring, and he fell. <laughs> I was so excited. Okay. He fell off the ring. Yeah. Um, so what, what happened there? Why, not with your husband? Because the, all the men lost. Oh. And it the, wasn't the first time. But the woman won. The only person who won was a woman. Right. The only person who medaled was a gold medal and a woman. So he's embarrassed, or? I think he was just, um, now, they now think, oh, now women are going to come, and they expect things, and it's, it, they want right. equality, and now they want to be sent everywhere, you know? How dare they? Yeah, yeah, that's how it is there. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, so you then, at that point, in that tournament, you're the champion of the world. Yeah. At what you do. Yeah. Like, talk to me about what that feels like, at being the best in the world at something. Mm, it's, it's so crazy. Like, so I, they, they give you the gold medal around your neck. Mm-hmm, right? And I felt so empty. And you look out, and the angry guy's there, and then your husband. Well, that moment was so special because they, they play your national anthem, mm-hmm. and then you see your flag, and it's so emotional. Um, and Iran, you're so, um, people are so, are nationalists. You, you actually have this, like, they're not chill. People are so, <laughs> there's like a deep fiery. Pride. Yeah, right. yeah. So I couldn't even hold my tears. It was so emotional. But then after, I felt so empty because I set this goal for many years mm-hmm. that I reached. Yeah. And I felt like, okay, now I, what do I do? So now I had a what? lot yeah. of pizza. Um, Say that again. I had a lot of pizza because okay, I was just that. trying to fill the void with cheese. Okay. <laughs> How did that go? Not good. It was a lot of... Actually, it's yeah. funny because I developed lactose intolerancy from that. From the celebration pizza. Too many. Too, mu- too, too many. Much di- too much dairy. Because I... You know, when you're training for a so, fight, you eliminate dairy, you yeah, eliminate yeah. wheat, you eliminate that. You want to be so clean, so your weight cut is easy, and you have mm-hmm. you can always do 100%, and yeah. you're not worried about. So then suddenly you add all the bad things. Yeah, yeah. It's and, like you become a gas ball. And you're super sensitive to it, right? Everything, yeah. Yeah. And you don't know you're young. You're like, oh, just give me the cheese. Yeah. And you're sad, and you're empty, and you don't. At the time, could you understand what was happening inside of you? Like, did you recognize it's a void or confusion? I definitely felt a void, but then I think my attention was more focused on um, the country not appreciating what I've done. Mm. Um, At the time, the head of the Federation of Canada was in the event and they knew that I live in Vancouver. And they introduced themselves and they said they would love to have me on the team if I am a, a resident and then they are willing to help me to become a citizen so I can... Of Canada? Of Canada. So like yeah. the Canadian Federation guy comes up and like kind of tries to steal you from Iran? I wouldn't say steal. Like, it was a very nice... But like... Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It was more like, honey, do you still want to wear this thing? <laughs> But he was kind of like being friendly, but also like, yo, you're a world champion. We'd love to have you yeah, on our team definitely, over here in Canada. Definitely. Right. Um, and then, yeah, so, and I remember the head of the Federation of Iran was like, yes, sure, because she lives there and she works there. And, um, hmm. It's easier for her, probably. So the Iranian dude was like, yeah, you should go and be on the Canada Canadian. team. But that was the talk. Because right after we came back from the event, um, I wouldn't say right after, a year and a change after, I became a citizen, and then I applied to become a, to be in the Canadian uh, national team, and then I got oh. served with a letter saying that I'm suspended for two years for wanting to switch teams. So they suspended me, which the your Iranian national, Federation. yeah, your birth country has the the right to do that. Right. And you weren't expecting that. No, because it looked so peaceful when it, it, the talk was happening. Yeah. And so, okay, talk me through that. So you get a letter that's like, yo, you can't compete for two years. Yeah, so this is considered treason. Uh, and treason? You, yeah, so you can't compete for another country unless the, your birth country approves of your change. Right. And because you applied without permission, you're now suspended for two years. And this is a female uh, athlete who is now 2014. I am 27. 
so it's like the best year of my the best years Your of my life peak physical definitely performance. so I'm like two years of nothing from 25 to 27 um, but then mm. I, I channeled all of that to training because I knew there was an end yeah so I kept training and obviously so angry and then after the two years um, I obviously dated every single day for yeah, those like days 512 days exactly after whatever um, I applied and there was because uh, kickboxing and world championships is every two years so I applied for Team Canada I, I sent my information and they purchased tickets booked hotels everything and they I got another letter saying that I never applied for that change who served you um, the, the Iranian in Iranian Federation oh so they just lost your paperwork oh or they something. never received it because I right. never sent it okay and on the day that I sent it it takes two years for them to process it so then Ooh. if I send it today they'll let me know within two years oof and by that time I knew it was crap because my husband was a citizen and then he wanted to switch teams and it happened within 24 hours in the same sport doing the same thing. exact thing exactly okay so so 2013 was the first time the last time i fought for iran end of the year and then 2017 is when i got approved to fight for team canada so wait hang on so the two years goes by and you're like it's done it's happening and then they're like sorry we didn't get your paperwork it's going to be another two years two years so that's when i was like okay i don't want to do uh, national teams anymore i'll just fight pro Right. So I did a couple of professional fights. Okay. With professional, you're not a, a bound by a country. Right. You you are kind of your own person. You fight for money. You're your own country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after the two years with kickboxing, you can go back and forth between professional and amateur, oh, kind right. of like tennis. Because some sports, once you go pro, you're done. Boxing. Right? Yeah. Okay. Boxing, you can't go back. Uh, but for example, Serena Williams mm. fights. I mean, uh, competes on her own. <laughs> doesn't <does> fight. fight. <laughs> <laughs> competes. Professionally, but then whenever there's an Olympic, they send she Serena Williams back. because she right. wins. Um, so, yeah, so I started fighting professionally, and then after the two years was done, then 2017 was the first time I fought uh, for Team Canada. But even that was a national event. I did a couple of national, um, there was a tournament, there were national championships, I did them in Canada. Um, and then when the first international event came along, which was October 2018, um, uh, they were like, oh, she made negative comments about hijab and Islam, and she said negative things about uh, women in Iran, and they create a case for me in the oh. uh, international laws. The Iranian Federation. Yeah. So they still came after you. Yeah. So the national, um, the the head of the Federation of Canada called me. I was like, we are, we've got served with all these uh, documents, and we have to have a lawyer look into them. We can't even understand what's happening. They were. Like, you know how Canadians fan. are. Yeah, they're so chill and like, relaxed. I'm so sorry. And, and, I'm so yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, but there's a chance we might not be able to go. Like they were just. It was yeah. crazy. Okay, and so did you say bad things about the hijab and do all the? I've never stuff? said anything. Actually, to be fair, the first time and the, I would say the second to last time they would they asked me anything about hijab, I said, they said, how did you feel the first time you fought without hijab? And I said, cold. Huh. It's because I was so used to training with hijab and fighting with hijab that mm. when I took it off, I felt like I can't get my heart rate up and I can't sweat. Everything's so cold. Even now to this day, uh, when I That's start training, I have to wear long sleeves because I can't seem to get... Regulate your yeah. body, right? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, because I've trained for years like that. Mm. And I guess 
that's not necessarily a criticism. It's no. more like an observation, no. right? And I've never said anything negative about Islam. Um, Iranians are generally born Muslim. Like that, if you are born in the country, unless you are a, in a minority, you're born that's Christian. That's like the, the strongly majority yeah, religion. Definitely. Okay. So you you go to school, you practice Islam. There is nothing negative about it. I am proud that I'm born Muslim. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that you need to have faith in order to pursue a purpose in life. I believe that myself. It's not like I have to, um, I'm, I'm, you know, force this belief because I had to study this at school. Yes, I don't practice Islam religiously, um, but I believe in God. I believe in going, doing good deeds. I believe in, uh, you know, not doing bad things and helping others. Mm. And I, I believe that Islam touches on that and elaborates on that and um, pushes people towards that. I never commented negatively about Islam at all. That's just not, that's not her, that's a truck <laughs> honking in front of the window. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was yeah. a lie. So that, that was a lie. Sort of, so that happened and then it got resolved? Well, the Canadians hired a lawyer for me. Oh. Um, yeah, Canadians. so they're so nice. I know they're the best. I love them. I owe them, owe them everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so they hired somebody, and I gave my statements, and they gave their statements. Um, Iran wanted me to travel to Iran and uh, personally apologize to them for um, making negative negative comments in media about them. Mm. And this fight is 18 days away. Traveling to Iran is takes 25 hours by plane. Mm. So they just basically wanted me to not get to that event. Yeah. And so, why do you think this, it, it's kind of, I don't want to say harassment, but like... It is harassment. They were, they were yeah, okay. <laughs> they, it is harassment. They were harassing you Yeah, because my years. husband was also in that event. Nobody oh. even acknowledged oh. that he's also Iranian. Um, what is crazy is that the... And he didn't get any no, shit for it. No, no, he just fought normally. Even to that, um, getting to the event, I was nervous because... The head of the Federation of Asia was there. This is a Pan American Championship like in Mexico. Yeah. Like you wouldn't. It's not even at all related to that part of the world. But like even even the head of the um, Pan American countries was like, "What is this dude doing here?" Yeah. What it was, was just because there? of all the the drama that they created. They he just wanted to see who the heck this chick is that they are. Really? Yeah. He came to see you. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, who is this person? He's like, I gotta, I gotta see this. Yeah. Okay. So, and you, are you, you must be talking about all this stuff with your husband through the years. Like what's, yeah, what's so we've, how does that feel? Cause you're like, come on, man. Like you just get to do it so easily and I don't talk about this often because uh, what they did is that the second time I wanted to go for uh, the second suspension before that um, I I think I told you there was a world championships and my husband was attending from team Iran because he was still a citizen of Iran and I was a citizen of Canada right and what they did what they is they said if she comes um, because really with stuff like this they can't really do anything you can go they can they can create drama but you can still compete and then later they will you know kind of like resolve it later so i could have gone with all the drama and create even more drama but still compete Mm. um but what they did was they told him if she comes we won't let you compete so that sneaky yeah so then my husband came he was young and he was he wanted to compete and i understand that now but 
at the time it was so difficult because he said you had your chance and you won and I've never won a world if you go then yeah. you will take my chance and you need to stay back so I can go okay so that was really tough and on our then, relationship and then what did you say to that I was devastated and I said well I, I weighed it because you were getting sorry just to clarify you were going to watch him or to compete to also? compete because the oh, Canadian said just come for Team Canada. Canada. Just come. Right. Worst case is, they're going to say you can't compete, but we doubt it because we've already booked the tickets, we have yes. already paid for your uh, so competition. So like, if your wife comes, then you're, you're out of the tournament. Yeah. You, you lose your chance. Yeah. So that's such a hard position for him to be in. Uh, I, I would mean, say men are more, sorry, yeah. I would say men are, men are more selfish than women in these type of things. Okay. I don't think he understood at the time what he's asking. Right, but at the time, I'm, I guess where I'm coming from is that he's sort of in this position where he has to choose between letting his wife down or letting his own dreams down. Yeah. Right? So, like, the woman he loves... It's like a movie. <laughs> it sounds like a movie script. So he gets to choose between chasing his own dream or telling his wife, like, look, you know, this is a hard conversation, but you've already got your gold. That's like, what he I, said. I want, I want my shot. Definitely. And so you're like, oh, shit. So I was like, okay, I have already won gold. I actually don't have the desire to do this same competition again. Mm -hmm. um, and plus all the drama. If I go and then I yeah. have to do this and I have to worry about my weight. I have to worry about my actual performance and this and that. So, okay, you go. But it actually did affect me. It did affect our relationship. It was yeah. tough on us. Yeah. And how did you guys get through that? Or what was the... I think our problem was we never talked about it. And then it oh. kind of snowballed, <laughs> not yeah. well, <laughs> until we got to uh, we got on the same team, and until we got oh, um, like years and, later. Uh, yeah, yeah. It took us a couple of years to get to it. It was like underneath the surface. Yeah, definitely. And then there were, was there a moment where you're like, okay, we got to talk about this. Yeah. Like, so we got to a point that it was inevitable. We had to talk yeah. about it, or we had to kill each other. So you made a good decision. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and like, and legit, like, you're both like kickboxers. So, choosing to totally talk about it. Yeah, it's better. He could to, totally kill me with one shot. Well, yeah, and, and like, mo I'm literally watching yeah. a photo of him above your head punching a man in the face. Yeah. But, like, that's, that's, like, we're joking about spells abuse. That's not funny. <laughs> no, no. But, and, like, not. we don't condone it. So, you, um, so you have a hard conversation and you start talking it out. And yeah, and I said I, I felt and, betrayed and, um, and he was actually thinking that because you know when you when you work with a country for so many years and he belonged to the national team for 11 years mm -hmm. so he had that he felt like they're they're his fathers or his you know family. he felt yeah, yeah so connected so he in his talk when he would talk i could feel that he's saying that they are right you should step down you shouldn't talk about uh, the restrictions Ooh. you shouldn't mention these secrets yeah just be quiet yeah Ooh, this is a movie, legit. Yeah. And so, how did you respond to that? It's like, like, I will not be silenced. Yeah, I'm a Canadian. <laughs> Nobody can stop me anymore. That was me. I'm a proud, independent <laughs> Canadian woman. Yeah. You don't tell me what to do. Yeah, that was me. And and for you as well, growing up in a society in which you didn't have a voice your whole life, yeah. and that you fought and fought and fought to be able to be represented, to speak your truth, to chase your dreams, and suddenly you're husband is like part of that system other side yeah where you're just like oh my gosh definitely I, that's how it felt yeah he's one of them 
Exactly. Right? Yeah. Oof. But then going back to the question when you said, how did you feel about yeah. it then? I didn't even know that existed. Right. I recognized all of it here. Years later. Because yes. you're so in it and it's so painful and so emotional and confusing, right? Yeah. And then years later, you're like, I'm ready to unpack this and do the Definitely. healing yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I did a lot of therapy after. Good for you. Yeah. I think it's necessary once you reach, I don't know, I don't know about the age thing, but once you reach a certain stage in your life, um, you kind of grow um, mentally and emotionally, but there are part, parts of you that are confused still, mm-hmm. or still in the, in the past, or, or they know you in that state that you're not in anymore. So yeah. it, there's like conflicts all the time. Between, internal yeah between your old you and your new you yeah so i think there has to be this professional person that uh, sheds light into what you are now and mm-hmm. you know showing you the light of who you've become and i guess that's what you do yeah yeah, yeah somewhat awesome. yeah so th- therapy and coaching um some people prefer one or the other i think both are vital for exactly the reasons that you just said and my opinion or my perspective on that is that we can get so enmeshed in our own stories and our own beliefs that we don't even see them as choices. It's just truth and fact and this is how the world is and this is what happened and and we're always right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're often the victim. And um, And I think getting in a room or on a phone call with somebody that can see a different perspective and ask questions that helps you see things from a different lens or a different angle. And then you have these little epiphanies that I feel like you're, you've experienced where you're, you're like, oh, I haven't thought about it like yeah, that. Or, definitely. oh, what if I'm wrong? Or, oh, you know, my husband was just trying to love me the best that he could and chase his dreams and do all the things. Like, oh. And it's powerful. Yes, definitely. And I'm a big proponent of trying to end this stigma around therapy as being for the weak or the helpless or whatever. Like, I think it's a sign of bravery to go to therapy. Definitely. And for couples who are in a relationship that go to couples therapy, I'm always like, hell yeah. Like, that means you're invested in in the relationship because if you didn't go to therapy, like, you wouldn't care. You'd be like, whatever. So anyway, that's my little rant about therapy. If you're listening, go to therapy or get a coach. <laughs> Definitely. Or punch some shit in a gym. Like whatever helps punch, you get Punch get some it shit out. and then go get a coach as well. Like yeah. As yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Okay. So, I mean, what have we not touched on there? Um, that, was, that was a hell of a life. Yeah, yeah. And I shared some uh, very uh, personal stuff with you. Like I've, okay. I don't think I've ever actually talked to anybody about that um, how it affected our relationship yeah. of, of my husband and I. Um, yeah, so I think we touched on everything. Do you want to... Um, I'm just conscious that your husband is a world champion kickboxer who punches men in the face. Is Have we done him right? Have we, have we like, <laughs> mistreated him or misrepresented him in any way? Like, mm. we were kind of like, oh, he's, he's part of the bad guys. Yeah, that's... But he's yeah. not... He's definitely not one You're of the right. bad guys. Not at all. Yeah. I think... Um, he believed in my my goal and my dream before anybody else did. He was the only person that, when I said I want to become a world champion, said, okay, let's do it. 
Well, it took him a while. Because and he used to coach you, I guess. Is yeah. Something we yeah so he wouldn't accept female uh, athletes because he believed that they weren't serious. But then when I kept coming back and beg and beg, he finally approved. But then once I sa he said, what's your goal? I said, to become a world champion. He actually invested his time. He was super patient. Even now, we, we, we both coach and we both train uh, clients privately. I still see him way more patient than I am. He is so particular about perfecting technique and avoiding injury. And mm. now, years later, I've been doing this sport 13 years, he has way more injuries than I do because of how much he put into my safety and how much he put into all the stuff that he had to deal with. He made sure that mm. I don't even get close to. So I am yeah. so lucky in that sense because every person that I talk to has... I've never seen a physiotherapist in my life. I, I don't think any athlete can say that. It's, I saw one like three days ago. Everybody, everybody younger or older than me has had a certain amount of injury. Yes, yeah. I've broken my nose or toes in, in contact, yeah. but never, never hurt a part of myself while exercising. And that's because of the knowledge and the patience he puts um, yeah. into the training. So I yeah. really and I suppose underneath that. that is like love as well. Definitely, right? It's He's like, so passionate about what he does and. Um, he invested in my goal like it was his goal yeah and that's love in my opinion yeah and like he was so excited that he fell down the stairs trying to come grab you yeah he <laughs> he wanted to come up and hug so he fell down the st stairs and scratched his um, the top of his uh, tibialis like so deep that the, he had to get stitches what? But he didn't even notice. He, cli so he climbed back up and like hugged me and everything. Like 15 minutes later, he was like, I really got to go see something because I feel like it's so warm down there. It was bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I did want to ask that I, I don't know if we actually addressed, but how does it feel to be the best in the world at something? Um, like you said, it was a little bit empty and like a void. But did you have a moment where you celebrated that or, or like honored yourself? Or is it part of the mentality to just like on to the next one? It uh, definitely is. It's like you always think about the next one. And with a sport that's an uh, individual sport, um, there's always the better person. So it's, con it's a constant um, you perfecting yourself. Yeah. And you never get a ch it's it's not right. It's not right to not acknowledge your wins and your accomplishments. But I feel like the only acknowledgement I've done is that I've used that platform uh, not only to share my story, to raise a voice regarding these issues, but also um, create a platform for females to chase their dreams and not worry about um, someone telling them that they can't do it. So I feel like that's how I honored my achievement. That's like your legacy. Definitely. And so what are you moving towards now? Like, is there a goal or a Definitely. ambition? Or? Um, so what we have now is a facility where we do fitness and kickboxing. But if you come and actually see our members and our sessions, it's like we are um, focused on improving people's level of life it's we're constantly chasing to better their uh, quality of living it's not just with training but mm -hmm. also if, if whenever there is a new um, 
for example, diet, we're always in it to figure out what's best for them. Recovery, um, even like, I, it's so funny. Yesterday, a couple of my students in the class, they said, you know when I'm not feeling good before I know I'm not feeling good. Mm. So I, I want them to have that feeling of trust when they come here. Um, some, we celebrate birthdays here. I saw that on your Instagram yeah, stories. Yeah, we, like you make a little cake and, yeah, and we, your husband and you sing a song. And our, Yeah, and we make them dance uh, to a Persian song and people love it. But honestly, you should see, you should be there. The love and mm. how happy everybody is for everybody. And people actually enjoy celebrating themselves. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's so big for us. I feel like one of our members said, this is my happy place. I leave work and I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And I feel like we can complete that with um, becoming a little bit bigger, um, completing our meals, completing our mental coaching, completing recovery and everything else around that to become, become more of a complete community. And that's mm. our goal for now. Yeah, the, um, so Kendra, my partner, is how we met, and I just would like to thank you for making my relationship better, because every time she came home from a session with you guys, she's beaming. I mean, oh. she's exhausted and bright red, but she's also like beaming, and the way that she's described it is like a family, Yeah. and she said it kind of just feels like a family, Definitely. like hugs and respect and integrity and like a sense of camaraderie or community. She's and, um, so sweet. And I think that's really special. And I think to agree with you, I think that that's exactly what the world needs more of. Um, so thanks for doing what you're doing. Uh, thank you for appreciating what we do. Yeah. And so for someone listening to this, um, like any words of encouragement or support or any final thoughts or... I'd no? say um, the best thing a person can do for themselves is have a set scheduled for um, training and taking care of their body but that is not complete being complete is belonging to a community that wants you to evolve and become better every single day and your joy is their joy and um, your sadness is their sadness and it's like you guys are all working together towards uh, being becoming a better version of yourself it's not a competition it's you perfecting yourself I think that's that's the ultimate human goal to become mm. the best version of themselves not just physically but emotionally and spiritually mm. well said <laughs> thank you and like you can't do it alone definitely not not like possible. even world champions they have coaches oh for sure like the be they have the best coaches and not just uh, uh, physical and coaches training coaches yeah. right now you should see um like mindset coaches. yeah all these professional athletes get to mindset coaching uh, they're strict programs it's it's kind of like you're training they have journals and they follow the certain mm. um method to evolve and that's important you can't yeah. get to where you want to get to without the right mindset so i was gonna wrap it up but now i'm i have another question of course so you're talking about mindset and before we started recording i think we touched on this a little bit but in terms of mindset of like knowing that you're about to walk a hundred feet and there's somebody else in a ring that wants to destroy you like talk to me a little bit about what it's like to be a fighter and what that means to you um, at the beginning 
you are going in there and you want to beat her and she wants to beat you and it's all the adrenaline so you don't even realize what's happening you come out and you're like i did this i did that and you see a bunch of photos you're like oh i kicked her in the face oh my god but after a while you start to appreciate your opponent because you know how much work she has also put into her self mm. in order to come and face you and uh, when you get in there people like i've been into news channels and they always say how does it feel to be in a, such a violent sport after a while you you understand that it's um it's beautiful rhythmic um combinations that you are trying to showcase your skills and um match it with a partner and hoping for the best woman to come out it's kind of like a human chess because it's not just throwing kicks and punches you're constantly th thinking about countering and evolving and being the best after that certain um exchange so you ne you stop thinking about i'm gonna beat you it's it's the beginning where your coach is like go get her and beat her <laughs> after a while they're like go and enjoy yourself go and be you Right. when you have that experience you get to a level of of ability where they're just yeah. like go yeah. do what you've been training or to you do. come in between the round and your coach is like are you having fun and you're like nosebleed dying and like heart rate is 103 percent you're like you just remember that why you're there yeah you're there to enjoy yourself and you're there because you you're passionate about a sport right and that's so wonderful. That's not what I would anticipate you saying. Yeah. Of like, oh yeah, it's supposed to be fun and enjoyment. But I've talked to a buddy of mine that used to fight UFC, and he said a similar thing that that there's like a mutual respect of if you get in the ring with me and I get in the ring with you, like there's an agreement that we're gonna follow these rules and we're gonna do our thing and like let's dance. Definitely. And then afterwards, you shake hands, and there's still a mutual respect and appreciation. And because both of them know how much work they did and both of them yeah. know that that person came the best version of themselves to f to face you and mm. that is respectful mm -hmm. they didn't come all like wobbly and out of breath and Hung bad cardio <laughs> yeah you know especially male fighters you see it they go and shave and they get a new haircut and they come all wearing their newest gear mm -hmm. it's all about respecting your opponent it's not just mm. you in there they have to be there with you so that you can show who you are yeah. Well, you are a hell of a woman. I'm so <laughs> yes. impressed by, by what you've done and what you're continuing to do. So thank, thank you. you for um, being such a stubborn and independent <laughs> fighter thank for you. what you believe in. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and, and keep doing it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, where can people find you on the internet or in real life? Near District I, Warriors, the gym. District Warrior on 928 Davie Street, Vancouver, BC is where you mostly find me. Yeah. But also you can find me on Instagram at Farinaz Lari. I'm always there. You, you will know every, my every move. So <laughs> in case you miss me, you can always find me. Yeah, Farinaz Lari. I'll put um, links to that in the oh, show notes as well. You. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It was yeah. so much fun. We just totally got the world championship of podcasts. <laughs> we did. It was so much fun. How wild is that? And how badly do you want your dreams? Are you willing to stop the president of a country near midnight in his hotel so that you could cry in front of him on demand and beg him to give you a shot at your dreams? I mean, that's another level, right? Poo-wee. Farina Zlari, you... 
or a whew, you are something else. Anyway, yeah, you can check her out on Instagram. I'll put some links in the show notes for all of that. If you're in Vancouver, go and see her and her husband. Go to their gym. Check them out. What an inspiring story. And if there's someone in your life right now that needs a little nudge to keep fighting, to keep going, I think this is probably a good thing to send them. Anyway, I adore you, and I thank you for your time and for your support. It means a lot to me. Thanks for the five-star reviews. Thanks for passing this along onto the Instagram and the internet. You're a gem. You're a big, shiny gem. It's been fun hanging out with you for an hour. Till next time, you just keep smiling and you keep crushing because we need you living your dreams. We need you here. We need you having your best life because you are magic. Okay, enough of my pep talk.